You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'll have to put my mask over my eyes. If... <laughs> I know that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't exactly, it's not as protective that way. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! Oh, baby. That intro just punches a little bit more this week for some reason. We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Joining me this week is Andrew from the Turf District Podcast, also in the CFPN and in the Alberta Podcast Network. Andrew, I uh, would be remiss uh, to have you on and not ask you about something, but I promise this will be the last time we ever talk about it on Two and Out. Uh, what do you think <laughs> about your new name and brand in Edmonton? Now, how did I know that you were going to start with that? <laughs> but I, <laughs> uh, let, let me start by saying um, I totally agree with you that that uh, intro had so much more meaning this week. Um, other than the end when you hear Chris Cuthbert saying this is unbelievable, because I have to fast forward that every week because I know what catch oh. that's from, and that's something that should not be ever replayed, just so that you know. See, I thought I just needed to update it because he's no longer calling football games, but as an Edmonton fan, it hits you a little bit deeper. <laughs> yeah, it's like, geez, have we not been cut enough? What are you doing? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, you know what? Hey, the new name is out. Uh, I am excited. Um, I, I love what they did with the logo. Um, I love what they did with the branding. I was so happy that they waited and did it the right way so that when it was launched, here's your stuff. And yeah. you know, Superfan Mike and I were on the online store within probably half an hour ordering nice. our new gear. And, you know, we both got it right away. We're both wearing it. It's, it's awesome. And, 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 Overall, I mean, there is still negative reaction, of course, and, and we knew that was going to happen. But I can tell you there's a lot more people that I've run into wearing this that have gone, wow, that's actually pretty sharp. I actually like what they did. And it's so nice to get beyond having to talk about we have to change the name or what is the name or anything. Now we have a name. We have an identity. Let's talk football. I, I'm so excited. You know, I was uh, a bit surprised by the positive reaction as well. Uh, by all accounts, it seems like the the gear has been selling like hotcakes. And I feel in Edmonton, there's been a lot of focus on the history. But now it almost seems like they've got a more modern, fresh look and outlook than many of the other teams in the league. It's It's a different spot to be in in the City of Champions, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it, it's kind of nice to hear other teams going, oh, hey, that was pretty successful. Yeah. Maybe we should. You know, <laughs> it's kind of nice to be talking that instead of, why aren't you guys changing? Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's, it's nice to have the that positive uh, feedback. But I think, you know, we had Dave Jamison on right after the name was launched. And one of the things that he said that I hadn't even thought of is now they can animate the logo. Mm. How many different things can you do with that? And to me, 
I'm just bring it on, <laughs> bring on all of the new stuff um, that that updates the team, right? And the EE is still around, and it's still okay to wear the EE, um, which is great. But the amount of stuff that they can do with those things, even the little things like the antlers on the yeah. helmet, like so cool. And uh, yeah, we're all lining up at the locker room sale for one of those, let me tell you. So <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, I, I think there's so many more ways they can go with this, and now they're not constricted by yeah. what what is correct and what isn't. Now it's, this is an animal and let's have some fun with it. So it's awesome. I've seen people that don't normally talk about football or CFL mentioning this. So I think it's not only a win for Edmonton, it's a win for the Canadian Football League. And I did have to break the news to my wife. We're going to have to wait on the gear because I ended up getting a my very first ticket yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I pushed the yellow light, <laughs> and no, the cop caught me. <laughs> well, have you have you not been saving for eighteen months for new gear? Like, what? I don't, I don't understand this. This has been my whole thing: is that I've been waiting for when the gear is arriving. Here is my money. So, um, I mean, the good thing is, of course, you and I both as season ticket holders. Once the store opens back up and and we can figure out uh, how possibly we might be able to um, access some of that credit as well, maybe oh. we can use that for even more gear. But there's got to be some other stuff left. So let's go. Come on, get me my jersey. Where's my new jersey? <laughs> I. I'm in a panic. I'm in a panic right now because I need to know how the jersey is lined up before I move to my new house and paint the new turf district because I need it to look like the jersey. Oh so that's, yeah, that's good the, point. That's, that's the next step. That's Get very important. In. Now, uh, absolutely, Edmonton Football Club, please help me out with that red light ticket, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I can use my credit towards that, <laughs> I'd be a Wouldn't happy that be camper. Great? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with warmer weather. Comes yard work. Oh, you know about this, don't you? Oh, I'm well aware. Yes, um, not exactly my excitement, but sure. <laughs> this is this is a commercial read, by the way. Uh, okay, <laughs> then I'll be quiet. <laughs> and lots of it. Prune your trees and shrubs. Clean your eaves troughs. Replace those drafty windows you noticed over the winter. Or you can call Rumi to take care of all your outdoor and indoor spring home maintenance while you fire up the barbecue and relax. I like that idea. <laughs> I, I like the barbecue and relax part. I don't know if I like the yard work part. So this is all sounding very good to me. That's why you call Rumi and maybe you can offer the good people there a burger while they're doing the hard work or something. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like that idea. Hey, we should ask them if they take Edmonton Elks credit. Hey. <laughs> hey. Visit roomy.ca. That's R-U-M-I dot C-A. Or call 1-844-777-7864 and let Rumi's trusted local experts take care of your yard so all you have to do is enjoy it. In the Huddle with Karan Todd on the Two and Out Podcast. All right, we are here this week because the CFL Board of Governors had a very important vote on Monday. There was a lot of nervous people, me included, 
going into this thing, but the CFL's presenting it as a unanimous vote in favor of playing 14 games in 2021, starting on August 5th. Andrew, how are you feeling up to this thing? Because you know what? As, as the way I understand it, there were two teams maybe that voted against playing last year, and that's all it took to kibosh the whole thing. So if, if there were one or two that didn't want to go this time, I wasn't convinced that majority rules, you know? No, well, and I agree with you. Uh, I don't know how that would have actually played out, but the good thing is, is the news that came out, even if it maybe isn't um, completely how it went down, but a unanimous right. <laughs> vote is what they said. Um, obviously, there was enough conversations had to, to say, we, can, we can't miss another season. Uh, that that would be too detrimental to the overall picture. And uh, I'm very excited that they did decide that way and that we're, we're going to see some football. And, and now they have some other hurdles to get through with, uh, of course, all the different uh, provincial health authorities and how is that going to work as far as people being there and what are the restrictions and what are the rules going to be to each game. But this is a lot closer, and to me, it just feels like it's a lot closer than we ever were last year. It just feels a little more solid. It feels like there's more planning going on, and it feels like it's better organized. I'm I'm very excited to, to get where we're at to this point. It still doesn't really feel real to me for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe I'm trying to temper my expectations. I've had hopes before, and... <laughs> They've been absolutely crushed. So we'll see what happens. Maybe it's, you know, kind of the mindset I get in before watching, you know, a a chick flick or, you know, America's Got Talent where I know that I'm going to cry, an ugly cry. And maybe it's because I'm in the stands and there's a giant Canadian flag and I'm just going to (laughs) cry because we're finally doing what I love so much again. And maybe I'm just trying to tough guy it. (laughs) Well, you know what I will tell you, Travis? You were not alone. (laughs) Even as you're explaining that, I'm getting teared up. It's like, don't worry, buddy. We're all going to be doing the same thing. (laughs) I'll have to put my mask over my eyes. (laughs) I know that's not how it works. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't exactly. It, it's not as protective that way, but um, I do. You know what? Um, I think a lot of us will be needing to bring some Kleenex with us because it, this is the thing we we love this game. We yeah. love our teams, and we have spent the better part of eighteen months without it. And I think that the recognition when you're when you're back in the stands, no matter which stands it is, it doesn't matter which team is yours, being back in the stands and watching that team run out and that uh, oh that O Canada is going to be probably the loudest version of O Canada ever, and it's going to it's just going to hit home. I, I think a lot of people have you know, gone through a lot in this last 18 months. And this was our release for so many years, and and now we're getting it back. And and I I think there will be many people with with tears, um, among other things, as we get uh, ready to start the game. Man, uh, it just got me going now. Like, I I know we have uh, military appreciation nights across the league, but, uh, man, if we could just dish out free tickets to... 
frontline healthcare workers. I think there would be not a dry eye in the place if they're holding up the flag on the field. You know, and I, I picture ahead to December twelfth and the Grey Cup in Hamilton, and if everything goes according to plan, and and that's just a good old Grey Cup, a national celebration that would be, and will be. Uh, absolutely incredible. And we talk about the schedule that came out a day after the big vote. Yeah. (laughs) Keeping this momentum rolling. It starts, I don't even know, can we call it a 2019 Grey Cup rematch? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is true. It is true. That is true. (laughs) Winnipeg hosting Hamilton on August 5th. That should be a dandy of a game to get us back going into things. Did you scour over the elk schedule? Because I look at the Rough Rider schedule. We got training camp starting July 10th. Hopefully quarantine starting like July 2nd as players start arriving in their respective cities. The riders don't need to travel until September 11th when they go to Winnipeg for the Banjo Bowl and I think a lot of the Western teams have sort of favorable situations like that. Uh, to some degree, yeah, for sure. I mean, with with the Elk schedule, um, they have, I, I believe it's two home games. Yeah, two home games, then three away games. Two home, a bye, two away, home. But, so they, they're kind of back and forth. They don't have that same – there's some of the teams that really have that that highly home – heavy schedule at the beginning um and the elks have a, have a little bit i think it's just more balanced they're kind of back and forth and back and forth yeah um and i know that uh, i was talking with superfan mike today oh, actually i'm talking to you i should say superman fike and um he said uh, he said you know there, there's going to be a you know on october 29th there's a game that's starting at quarter to eight at home and now that might be a chilly one. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> and it's on a Friday, right? So if you're taking your your kids after after a full day of school, we'll see how long that lasts. But I think um overall I was quite happy with it. I mean, we for our home games, we have five Saturdays and two Fridays. So mm-hmm. uh, I I really can't complain very loudly when I look at that uh, and and our buys are spread out really nicely. So I I I, I really have nothing to complain about as far as the elk schedule is concerned. I'm, I'm guessing most of the Eastern teams aren't happy with what they've been presented with, but it's just, it's, it's gotta be what it's gotta be. Um, because I mean, you look at Ottawa, they got a game on a Wednesday, October 6th. Then they play Thanksgiving in Montreal. They've got a uh, Tuesday game against uh, Edmonton in week nine. So that's a rough stretch them but they had to you know squeeze in those eastern teams playing in the west um so they can make the back half of the schedule work and i think they'd rather just be playing football than you know complaining about the schedule they get and it'll be nice come october or you know august 5th when we're whining about the officiating again we're whining (laughs) about the review process we're whining about Jason Moss kicking a field goal. <laughs> well, I won't be whining about that anymore. That's uh, just so you know. I've, I'm that's behind me now. I'm okay. It'd be yeah, nice I'm, to I'm, whine he, about on-field stuff. Yeah, well, and that's the same thing that, like I was saying, with the name. 
is yeah. well, like I want to get back to complaining about, <laughs> oh, that guy on the offensive line needs to be better. And yeah. I want to be talking about, um, you know, why, why did we choose to punt instead of go for it on third down? Like I, I'm excited about those things. And, um, I'm going back just a second here because you were talking about the schedule. The, the interesting thing to me is the first home games for the Eastern teams are in late August. And I yeah. kind of thought it would be even later than that. So um, so I wonder if uh, we'll, we'll kind of have to see how those play out. But I agree with you that I'm. some of the teams have some rough scheduling just because, of course, this is kind of put together a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say last minute, but it was put together – um, with the shift to the shorter schedule and all those types of things. So there's going to be some teams that are going to make it, uh, it'll be harder for them. But um, at this point, uh, let's just not worry about complaining and let's just worry about let's get on the field. <laughs> the uh, sport minister in Ontario has released the return to play framework for that province. And really right now, it's basically only... They've been approved to practice, uh, basically. There's nothing about fans in the stands. That's still an ongoing conversation. So, yeah, there's a lot to figure out before this season really gets underway. Um, I guess the league is hoping they don't have to play with less than 35% capacity. We'll see how it goes in Ontario towards the end of August because – you and I live in the wild, wild west, man. They're already having rodeos in Alberta, so <laughs> oh, I guess my. I should joke about that. Well, soon they'll have legal ones. That'll be That's true. Uh, I mean, well, and supposedly. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's what the next step is, right? I mean, that's the thing is that it's, um, we, as with anything these days, we can be excited. Yes, it seems better. We we don't know what's going to happen as far as um, people in the stands. We don't know, does that mean that there are still masks in the stands? Does it mean that they're, you know, con- concessions, are they coming to you instead of you going to them? How How is that? There's still a lot of logistics to work out, and I'm kind of excited to hear what the plan is and then see because it's all fine and good for us to say, okay, we, we're at 70% first doses. Uh, somebody has won a million dollars because of it. It's very exciting. And then we're going to open up restrictions, and then all of a sudden we have a spike again, and we don't yeah. know if that's going to happen or not, right? Because who knows with a variant. But, but with the trend that we are on, it looks like we will be much more comfortable to get to those spots and not have those bumps. So I'm, I'm staying cautiously optimistic that that will be where we end up and um you know everyone is going to have their own comfort level as far as going back into the stadium with a bunch of people um or bringing kids or how where is that going to land i know for myself that 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 one's a little harder because my youngest isn't old enough to get a vaccine yet so if we're going into a place with no restrictions I'm not sure that I'm ready to bring him into that yet um, because he hasn't even had a, a first dose, right? So yeah. we'll, we'll have to figure out kind of little uh, logistical things as we get closer to the season. But right now, a month and a half out or whatever it is, um, 
I, I'm cautiously optimistic we'll get there and we'll be able to have, um, well, granted, at Commonwealth, we regularly get 35% of the stadium. Look at you just getting ahead of the insults. Like. <laughs> I knew that it was coming, so I'm just like, okay, that's kind of what we do. I, I'm hoping that the, the launch of the Elks, Elks means more people want to be there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, can I just say that in-seat delivery for food should happen regardless. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh. If you could order through an app and then say, this is my seat, and then they would just, like, they do it with the the merch. Um, gear, merch, yeah. right? So wouldn't you love to have your two-foot hot dog delivered to your seat? I'm in. I'm yeah, in. Like, you know what? Charge me an extra dollar for the hot dog yep. and and have somebody run it up to my seat uh, tr- trust me, I would be using that uh, way more often than I use the concessions <laughs> as they are now. Well, I don't want to stand in the line there. It's yeah. okay, midway through the second quarter. I'm going to order some things, and at the you know with three minutes left in the second quarter, here's your meal. Great. Yippee. Now, I this did is- hear rumblings that at Commonwealth Stadium, they might be serving an elk burger. Uh, is, is that <laughs> is that kind of weird? <laughs> to me, that seems counterproductive yeah, but um, good <laughs> but i mean you could I mean, it might be good are they going to start I, selling I like elmer's of... elmer's glue for stampeder games or what <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm going to bring my own thing of elmer's glue to sell at stampeder <laughs> games now that is outstanding <laughs> this might be the most controversial podcast we've ever done uh, That's right, Travis, you can join me at the Labor Day Classic and we will walk around the tailgate selling glue. I love it. Um, you know what? I'm sure that the cops will be fine with it. <laughs> what a oh hustle. My. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Panic buying glue for the lap- Labor Day Classic. I love it. <laughs> it's great. This, this is what the CFL is all about, my friend. <laughs> so we're going to have expanded practice rosters, reduced rosters, Uh, a minimum of 43 and a maximum of 44 players. And speaking of the Stampeders and Elks, they're discussing joint practices and or scrimmages, maybe one in each city. Uh, They have the luxury of only being a few hours apart. Now, in training camp, it's quite common to have fights on the field. Mm -hmm. When the Stamps and Elks, have a joint practice, I think it's almost guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially if you have guys that are on the bubble. Oh, Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, I, 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 there would have to be some pretty strict rules in place, I would have to think, for things like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> on, on the other hand, if we, if we can't get excited about football and the fact that these two basically mortal enemies are talking about how can we make this better for each yeah, other, yeah. that tells you that they're ready to play football. No <laughs> doubt. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, there's part of me that's like, oh, great, because then we'd actually get to see a little more. When you don't have preseason games, you're going to be able to see a bit more of how that works. But both teams are also not going to want to be pushing it to the point where guys are going to get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So, But I think my biggest concern with that is how, how far into training camp do you do that? And, um, what again, what are the kind of rules that you put in place to make sure that they don't 
turn around and you again you have that bubble guy who is like oh, I I don't think I'm making the team anyway so I'm just going to take that other guy out like you don't want that obviously right so um but it, it could be it could be very interesting <laughs> i just you know what i'm i'm curious and i'm waiting to hear um if they're going to even um allow some fans in the stands for practice because in training camp i know in past years of course there was a group of us that would always go to the training camp days and uh, and kind of learn the team and I, I don't know where the restrictions will allow or what the teams will be able to allow at that point. So uh, I, I would hope if they're going to do some type of scrimmage, though, that we're at least able to go and watch a bit of it. I got to think the teams that are heavy with veterans might have a bit of an advantage. I, I got to think that those guys have really missed hitting people. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm going to say that that's a double-edged sword. That that because, could be. Yeah, because if you think so, let's let. And I understand. Uh, I understand my age when I say this, but when you have a guy who's you know 29 or 30 years old, and in football terms, of course, that's that's getting up there, which makes me cringe. Um, but there, you've taken a full year off. So now, what could happen is you could come back. And your body could be in such better shape because instead of playing every year for 15 years, you've had that year for it to fully recover and you can really take off. And like you said, they could be really hungry. They could also get into training camp and go, why am I still doing this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just took a year and my body loved it. And now my body hates me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a bit of a double-edged sword there. And I think it'll be interesting to see, when you have that combined with basically two years of rookies coming in out of uh, draft classes, what is that competition level going to be like? And I I think this favors those, those not just past rookies, but not veterans yet. Uh, I think it favors them the most, even though they're probably getting the worst deals as far as getting paid. But I think that they're going to be the ones that are hungry, healthy, and and ready to fly, and we could see some massive numbers out of that. Well, and there's going to be two draft classes trying to get a spot on the roster. It's going to be a fierce camp. Oh, I, I, which is going to be awesome. <laughs> well, the other part is, is you, you were talking about the reduced rosters, but they're going into camp with, they're going to have like a hundred guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing that like half of them are going to be cut. So it'll be interesting to see how the teams do that and manage that many people. And do some teams early on go, Hey, you know, seven days in, we're we're cutting to 80 or cutting to 75 and then we're going to look at these guys and the you know how quickly are teams going to be shuffling down to get to where they want to or are some teams going to wait until it gets farther down the road right so uh, i'm so many different variables as far as camp is concerned that uh, i i can't wait to watch some of these guys and see what they can do yeah, it's going to be, they've said, like, it might have to be, like, a cohort system in Ontario. It's going to be fascinating to see. There's still a lot to figure out, and it's going to look a bit different early on. I have one last thought regarding this season. I'm curious to know where you're at, Andrew. Like, where do you think the shadow of the XFL fits in this year, or does it at all? Because I could see them... They want to play, but 
we know that maybe all of the teams are going to be in the red this year. Maybe every single one. And do they come to us next spring and say, oh, we lost even more last year. We have to partner up with the XFL and this is 2022 going into 2023, is that shadow still over this league for this year? Well, hmm, that's a good question. I hadn't even honestly thought of it. I think it was because I was just so excited that the ball that I love was coming back that I had, I'd kind of, you know, blacked out or, or, or blanked out. There's, the, there's you the floating, cloud, you know, right? floating oh, yeah. above the Rocky Mountains in the hot air balloon, and I just spit a <laughs> dart into your balloon. <laughs> it comes like, crashing down. That's <laughs> the first time I've run into a mountain while I'm up here. What's going on? Here I am doing my best Rolling Stones Cloud Nine impression, and you're, you're totally, anyway. Right. Brought you right um, back down to earth. No, you know what though? Um, the reality is, is that until they tell us all what they were talking about, talking about, <laughs> it's, um, the thing is, is that there's always something there. Now, I mean, I, I see your angle where you're, you're saying, you know, they they lose more money again, and then the XFL has, has a possibility to come in and, and quote unquote save the league and bring bring the teams back. Yeah. Um, but the the other part of that is, and, and this is what I've said on a number of other podcasts, is I'm just, I just don't know. I'm not fully against a merger. I'm not fully for it. Um, I just look at, okay, well, what what is the actual plan that makes the most sense? And instead of sitting back and and trying to guess my way through it when there are people who know this much better than I do, um, seems like a whole lot of wasted energy on my part. So, um, so I'm just going to keep floating on my cloud. No, um, what I'm going to do is, 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 is I'm going to think that, um, that they're going to play this year and we're going to see what happens. I think if the, Availability is to have more people in stands. I feel like more people will go this year because it means more. It's been 18 months since they've had a chance to see it. It's now there is, you know, some people are looking at XFL as a, as a American threat and we need this to be Canadian. And so they're going to show up to support it. And I, I feel that would happen. And, does that mean that the XFL and the CFL can't find some kind of deal to share players or or, or possibly uh, play against each other or come together? Um, it, that that could still happen, but I don't want to I don't want to worry about that until they actually say this is what we're talking about, and then I can decide well I love it or what is wrong with you guys, and then then I'm putting the energy at least in on something that I know is happening, and for the time being I'm going to be like hey. Elks get out there and run over people and make me happy. I'll quote Charleston Hughes from the Rod Peterson show on Tuesday morning. How can you be a fan of a league that doesn't exist? (laughs) I think it's just hype. It may not even happen. And if it does, it's far down the road. Why would you attach yourself to a failing league like that? (laughs) And he he also thing that Charleston didn't say exactly how he feels. 
And he also went on and on and talked about how fun it was to sack Bo Levi Mitchell and Mike Riley. And then at that point, I was like, football's back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's not on the Riders anymore, but hes I think he's one of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play in the CFL. And we need more personalities that chirp quarterbacks like that because you got to put the quarterbacks in their place. Right, Andrew? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I am all over that. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'm excited to talk to Quaku this year and I'm yeah. tell him he needs to up his trash talk game and I'm going to enjoy every moment of that. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. They offer internet, electricity and natural gas with low rates, awesome service and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from, and Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. You hear that, CFL? Save some more money. Reach out for a no-obligations <laughs> comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you are helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. There it is, another episode of Two and Out as we inch closer to August 5th. Andrew from the Turf District Podcast, thanks so much for helping me out this week. When is uh, your next episode going to drop here? Well, our next episode should be out next Monday. Uh, or, well, actually, we'll be recording it next Monday, and it will come out on Tuesday. Um, but you can always join us on uh, Monday night on YouTube Live and throw your comments at us while we record the podcast. And uh, you can watch and, and join along, and then the audio version comes out uh, usually the next day. Yes, go follow Andrew at the Turf District on Twitter and uh, look for that show anywhere you get your podcasts thanks for joining us this week we will talk to you again soon stay safe rate review and subscribe and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter